Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Peter, we're just like him. If we're really honest with ourselves, we're exactly like Peter. A lot of the things, though, that Peter did, I cannot relate to, okay? I cannot relate to walking on water. If we're being honest, a lot of us have probably still tried that. We probably still try all the time. Just, you just want to see. You're like, no, still not there. Yeah, I don't relate to Jesus being on the mountaintop, or I don't relate to Peter being on the mountaintop with Jesus and seeing Elijah and Moses. I wasn't there for the transfiguration. I don't, I don't really relate to that. That's not like something that I've, I've ever experienced. Peter had some really dope experiences, and I just I can't relate to him. But Peter had some really bad moments. I relate to all of those. <laughs> like every bad moment that Peter had, I was like, boy, that's me. That's not good. I'm supposed to be a Christian, and yet I don't act like it. And we see Peter get a lot of cool stuff happening to him at the beginning. In Matthew 4, verses 18 through 19, it's going to be up on the screen here. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. He didn't, like, he didn't like Simon, so he wanted to be called Peter. He changed his name later on in life or something like that. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's true. Um, and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Right here in Matthew 4, Peter is being called into full-time ministry. And not just by anybody, by the Lord, okay? Incred the Lord is saying, Peter, I'm calling you into full-time ministry. Then we skip down and we get into Matthew. Watch this, Matthew 14. It's coming up. Jesus prophesies over Peter. Is it, is it not there? And I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So now Jesus, the Lord, is prophesying over Peter. Dude, Peter, you are the man, you're the dude, I love you, and I'm going to build my church upon you. And then we skip just way into the future just to kind of see how this thing is going. And then we get to John 21, 15 through 18, and this is crazy. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, or, oh, sorry, here we go, okay, they switched it up on me, where, where we, okay, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you, then feed my lambs. And again, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you just asked me that. He said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he asked him three times, like, if I tell you something, bro, I'm not lying to you. Do you love, bro, I just said yes. I'm mad. He's, he said he was hurt. His pride was hurt. 
He said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep very truly. I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Now, what's important about this particular part of scripture is that Peter had just messed up everything. Peter just messed up everything. Peter is in a boat prior to this conversation. And he's laying there in the boat with his homies. They're supposed to be fishing, but instead, Peter decides to do something really weird. He just disrobes. I got no answers. And I'm not telling you I can relate to that because that's not real. I never did that. Peter just disrobes. He's laying at the bottom of the boat. He's just laying there. He's depressed. He's hungry. And he didn't catch any fish. Can you imagine setting out to go do something to get yourself some food and nothing's happening? So Peter's just in this weird spot where nothing is happening. Everything bad is going. It's not going in a good direction. And Peter is trying to figure out, how do I pick the pieces of my life? He was depressed. I've been there. Low, mad, sad, angry, don't want to talk to anybody, retreating in the middle of the sea. I kept my clothes on, but I was just chilling out. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anybody. So how did we get here? How did we get to a spot where Peter, remember, he was called into ministry. He was prophesied over by Jesus. How did we get here to where now Peter is depressed? Doesn't feel like he has a calling. What happened to Peter? Peter happened to Peter. A lot of times, if we're honest, we create a lot of our own problems. Peter created a lot of his own issues it was important to note this. He needed to be restored. I think a lot of times, though, when we're going through something, we like to place blame instead of seeing it on ourselves. When I was 30 years old, I'm 34 now. I know I look good. <laughs> when I was 30, I took inventory of my life because that's what you're supposed to do. And then you're supposed to make a post on Instagram that says five things that I've learned before I turned 30. <laughs> You've all done it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and I can remember taking inventory of my life and saying, here's some things that I like and here's some things that I need to change. And how many know that sometimes the list of things that you need to change is always longer than the list of the things that you want to keep? And one of those things that I wanted to change about myself is that I just lost a lot of stuff all the time, uh, especially my debit card. Anybody else a chronic loser of their debit card? Anybody in here just a chronic loser of things? Well, you're not a loser. You're a winner. So put your hand down. We love you. I'm just kidding. We love you. You're not a loser. You're a winner. But I've been losing my debit card all the time. And you know how it is when you lose your debit card or something that's important. So I'm walking around the house going crazy. Where's my debit card? I'm flipping over the couch. I'm dumping out cereal boxes. This is real. 
I'm looking inside of the toilet seat. And then what happens when you can't find it? You automatically be like, somebody done stole my credit card. <laughs> and so now I'm walking around huffing and puffing. I can't believe, saying stuff to myself. Ain't nobody in the room. I can't believe somebody had the nerve to come up in this house and steal my credit card. I worked too hard for my money. I ain't got time for people to come up in here and steal nothing. But when I find out who took my credit card, they're going to get dealt with real quick. I'm telling you, huffing and puffing, mad, acting gangster with nobody around. Finally, my wife was like, hey, man, what you doing? <laughs> Just finished all day cleaning up this house. You done tore it up. What you doing? <sighs> Somebody stole my debit card. <laughs> she looked at me and said, ain't nobody stole your debit card. I took it out of your pants. I had to wash clothes. I put it on the counter. <laughs> and here I go. Oh. <laughs> because a lot of times... It's easier to place blame on someone else than to assume the responsibility. We've made choices that have actually got us where we are today. Each and every person has been blessed with this gift called free will. And you can do whatever you please with it. With the exception, with understanding that whatever you choose has consequences. And in this world, we don't like consequences. We are opposite of consequences. We want to do things we want to do and not suffer any of the damage or any of the blame. We don't want consequences at all. We start blaming other people. Blaming the enemy for something that I actually caused. Pause. What kind of mess in your life are you blaming the enemy for that you're responsible for? What's your fault, really? Peter happened to Peter. Remember, Jesus has already died. Death, burial, and the resurrection. So he's already defeated hell and the grave. So what do we actually need saved from? If I'm being honest, I need saving from me most of the time. Save me from me, because I'm kind of crazy. I kind of go off on the deep end, and I need Jesus to save me. Aren't you glad that the Bible says that his mercy and grace is new every day? Because my sin is new every day. I make mistakes every day. I'm so glad that we serve a God who says I have new grace and new mercy that you can find and you can walk in that in boldness and in confidence. Jesus is what we need, but Peter... He's trying to figure this thing out, dude. He's messed up life. I'm going to show you 24 hours of Peter's life. 24 hours. Did you know that's all it takes? Everything could be going great in your life, and 24 hours can ruin everything. 24 hours of bad choices. How do you make bad choices? Well, let's find out. Matthew 26 40 through 41. This is Jesus. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Now let me set you up here. Jesus is getting ready to die. 
He is getting ready to go through the craziest experience of his life. And he just wanted his boys to pray with him. You know what they did? They went to sleep. Sick friends, bro. Okay. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? So he didn't even ask him to pray for like a whole day. He said, just give me an hour of prayer. Anybody else struggle with five minutes? Okay, everybody's saved. All right, whatever. I'd be praying for five minutes like, all right, God, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> he said to Peter, watch and pray. Watch this. I love this. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In this moment, Peter chose his flesh. He didn't choose prayer, and I can relate to this. I can't tell you how many times I've chosen my flesh over the things of the spirit. I can remember, I mean, falling asleep during prayer is like prevalent in my life. I remember like staying up on Saturday nights and then my parents like, are we going to church in the morning? And then as soon as they said pray, good night. <laughs> Prayer is like the same thing. As, it does the same thing as sleep. It's like, close your eyes, get into a comfortable position. I'm like, amen. Uh-oh, the prayer ain't done. Sorry. Like, that's literally what happens to me all the time. Jesus said, pray lest you fall into temptation. Could it be that the temptation that you are giving into is always because you have a lack of prayer. The temptation that you're giving into is because of a lack of prayer. In fact, I believe that if we prayed more, we'd sin less. Simple as that. I wonder if that's what the, why the Bible says pray without ceasing. I continue to pray all day long because the temptations of this world are crazy. They're everywhere. I pray without ceasing. In fact, a man or woman of God that you've seen fall in the last 20 years, it's probably because they don't have an active prayer life. If you're not actively praying and you're not actively seeking the Lord, you will fall into temptation. This is 24 hours. If you want to avoid pitfalls, pray. Simple as that. Watch here where Peter misses it again. This is crazy. He misses it. It's 24 hours. It's not long. <laughs> not long after this. And I want to set this up. This is found in John 18, 8 through 10. Jesus has already sat in and told the disciples, hey, I'm going to die soon. I have to. It has to fulfill the prophecy. It has to. And now we're getting to that point. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words that he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword. Come on. Sometimes you just need a friend that stays strapped. I'm just saying. Stay with that thing. All right. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword drew it and struck the high priest's servant. He ain't even cut the high priest. How you gonna cut his helper? Dude probably ain't even wanna be there. How you gonna cut my ear off, bruh? I'm the driver. Cut off the high priest's servant's ear. 
The servant's name was Malchus. In this moment, he chose violence. <laughs> and I can really relate. I can. I really can. In this moment, Peter was afraid. And fear can cause you to make self-destructive decisions. Violence, actually, this is the definition of violence. Defined says intense, turbulent, or furious, often destructive action or force. I've seen nothing take out more people than self-destruction. And it has a nasty habit of creating collateral damage. A nasty habit of creating collateral damage. It's like that, that button that all the bad guys have in their secret lair. You know the one. Like when they finally get caught and instead of facing the consequences or facing the embarrassment of being caught, they just hit the self-destruct button. Not even thinking about the lowly janitor that he hired two weeks ago and he just trying to get through this, this season so he could pay the bills and get his kids some Christmas gifts. The janitor like, well, bro, what do I do? Why are you blowing me up too? This is, this is what's happening. Peter's self-destructing. Peter's in self-destruct mode primarily because he didn't listen to Jesus. Had he been in prayer, he might have been able to throw off the temptation to do what he was doing. What was happening is he wasn't recognizing the patterns of God. Interestingly enough, I found that listen and silent are basically the same words, just spelled differently. It'll it hit, it hit later. It's the same word spelled differently. And I don't think it's by chance that when I'm silent before the Lord, I have an opportunity to listen. When I'm silent before Jesus, I have an opportunity to listen to exactly what it is that he was telling me. Peter wasn't listening. Remember when I told you they was at the dinner and Jesus said, yo, I'm about to die? Peter's like, no, 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 no. Ain't nobody killing you, Jesus. I got you. That stupid look on his face. <laughs> Peter did not know how to read a room. Poor guy. And he's like, no, 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 Peter, 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 it's okay. It's the scriptures. If he had been listening, he would have figured out, oh, this needs to happen. And there's no need for me to cut off this poor guy's ear. He's just a driver. He has nothing to do with this. He cut off the guy's ear. And I find it interesting that he cut off the guy's ear because Jesus picks the guy's ear up and he puts it back on. Because Jesus recognized that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so I have to put this ear back on. Peter cut off someone's ear because he wasn't listening. Get out of here. You crazy? Peter was too good, too good at just telling Jesus what he wants. Sometimes I think we go into prayer and we don't do no listening. We do a lot of talking. Let me tell you, God, uh, I want a brand new house and I want cars. And, uh, Jesus, I want a new relationship because the old one, ain't the, the one I'm in right now, sucks. Um, <laughs> God, I want, I want so many new things. And God is like, if you would just, shh, stop talking. Listen, silence, let me speak. Jesus can't get a word in with Peter. And then finally, 24 hours. This is all 24 hours. Check this out. The final way that Peter is just messing up everything. He's messing it up. Remember, he's called into ministry. He's prophesied over. He's still messing it up. Which means even if you have a calling, it's important for you to protect it 
by praying, by listening, by serving. Check this out. Peter, Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Now, Peter was sitting in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him. You were also with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied it before them all. He said, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Never seen him. Don't know the dude. Never met Jesus. Don't know him. Nope, not me. Then he went out to the gateway. Because when you get accused, you want to get away from people that accuse you. So you're like, man, I'm going outside. I'm going to have a smoke. <laughs> Just kidding. He didn't say that. He didn't say that, but he might have. He had fallen into sin, so we don't know where he is. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, Yo, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. A lot of girls calling you out. Which, by the way, this is just a side note. That's what marriage is about. Your wife calling you out. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not. He denied it again. With an oath. So now this man was like, yo, on a stack of Bibles, son. I don't know him. What? On a stack of Bibles? He wrote it. Gee, what are you doing? I don't know him. And after a little while, he was standing there. And someone went up to him again and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. You talk like him. You talk like Jesus. You sound just like him. I know that you are. And then the Bible says he does something weird. He calls curses down from the sky. He's a wizard now. Lightning! Smoke! What? <laughs> and then he starts cussing. <laughs> he just starts cussing. Blank, look blankety blank. I don't know the blankety blankety blank. Blank! Walks away. Then he remembered what Jesus said. You're going to deny me three times. And he went away and he wept bitterly. Because now Peter is in the lowest spot of his life. In this moment, he chose self-preservation. Anybody else can relate to self-preservation? You're like, now look, Ryan, I get it. I ain't been praying. Fine. Okay, Ryan, I get it. I ain't been listening, but I ain't denying Jesus, okay? You wrong about that. Maybe, maybe not verbally. He chose to be a Christian in front of Jesus and around church people. And then when he wasn't around church people, he chose something else. Because it's easier to be a Christian around church people and other Christians. It's harder to be a Christian when you're not around other Christians. What about when we're in environments like work? Things that are not conducive to our faith. Do we stay silent or do we speak up? It's easier to just say nothing because if we're being, and, and this is why I relate to Peter, I get it. Like sometimes you just want peace. I don't want to argue with my coworkers. I don't want to call out my friends. I don't want to do that. I just, I want to be accepted. I just want to, I just want to chill. I don't want to get into this. And so instead of saying, yo, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Jesus, yeah, that's my homie. I love him. He's kind of backed away, stayed silent. Did you know this? This is a staggering 
a staggering number. 78% of people who say that they are Christians have not shared their faith with anyone in the last six months. How? How have you not done this? More than half, 59% say they haven't invited anyone to church in the same time frame. Peter is now at the bottom of the boat. He feels terrible. He's denied Jesus. He wasn't praying. He cut off a poor guy's ear. Technically, that's assault. He can go to jail. Okay. <laughs> he messed up big time. Didn't do the right thing. Now he's at the bottom of the boat. And then Jesus does something so cool. He's on shore. Remember, he's died, he's buried, he's resurrected. He's on the shore. And he calls out and says, hey, you boys caught anything out there? No. He said, cast your net to the other side. And then Peter got, got up, put his clothes on, because he had heard that before. If you look back in the scriptures, Jesus had an encounter with Peter quite the same. He said, hey, cast your nets on the other side, and you're going to catch fish. Jesus has a great way of communicating to you right where you are. He knows exactly what to say to wake you right up. Peter laying on the bottom of the boat, naked and afraid. That's a show. Could have got famous. He puts back on his clothes and he runs out to Jesus and Jesus asks him those questions. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Feed my sheep. Okay. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. I just, I just said that. You just asked me that. Attend to my sheep. Important sidebar that that's what we're called to do as pastors and leaders. We're not called to just preach. We're also called to tend the sheep as well. Feeding the sheep is one thing. Tending the sheep is something completely different. Peter, then on the island, is being restored. I love this. I love this story. You know why? Because nowhere in Peter's story is he the hero. It's not even about Peter. It's actually about Jesus. In fact, my point and my only point today, shout out to Andrew Gard. No matter who you are or what you've done, we will always need Jesus to save us. Always. Not sometimes, not partial, all the time. Every single day I need Jesus to save me. I'm so happy that I have a Savior who would lay down his life for me. You know, when I was a kid, I got saved at seven because of my children's pastor, who you'll never know because he's not famous, he's not even on Instagram. I can't find him. I've looked. His name is Michael Roberts. I think he lives out in California with his kids and grandchildren. I think. I don't know. 
but he had such a profound impact on my life. Children's workers, if you're listening, you are the greatest resource the church has. I love you so much. It's because of children's pastors and youth workers that I was able to give my life to Jesus. And my children's pastor taught me something. He said, listen, when you get saved, three things you need to do. You need to pray. You need to listen and trust God's voice. And then you need to share the gospel. The three things that Peter didn't do, my pastor told me to do. And he said, Ryan, he kneeled down because I was really short. And he said, Ryan, what do you want to pray for today? I said, I want to pray that my mom gets saved. See, I was going to church because my dad and my stepmom took me. My mom wasn't saved at all. But I knew that if he could save me, he could save her. That's what the Bible says. That's what I have to believe. My mom wasn't saved, though. When I moved to live with my dad, it was because we lived in very poor conditions when I lived with my mom. I'm not talking like, oh, we didn't have Burger King every day. I'm talking, I didn't know when I was going to eat next. We had roaches. We would move from house to house. And my mom was living with a man who would father my sisters. And he would beat her up. Punch. Remember my mom being in the bathroom crying. Black eyes and bruised arms. He even broke her wrist once. Really hard thing to go through when you're a young man and the only woman that you know you can't protect. And so then my mom just turned to a life of partying and alcohol and drugs and you know it's far from God but I prayed that day I said God I think you can do it and you know what happened nothing wait what <laughs> and he walks off stage I'm just kidding <laughs> don't have nothing and then two years went by nothing happened and that turned 15, nothing happened, still didn't get saved. But I remember praying and I remember sharing the gospel with my mom. And I, I, it didn't matter if she was receptive to it or not. I remember listening to God and saying, God, give me a word for my mom. Give me something that I could say to her that would make her, make her yours again. 15, nothing. 20, nah. 26, I had found the love of my life. Got married at 27, nothing. I'm a fully grown man. And my mom still out here living crazy. Until one day, on my 30th birthday, she called me and said, 
baby, I'm so proud of you. We didn't make it easy for you to be who you are today. But you fought. And I remember you telling me about Jesus. And I remember you reading the word to me. And I remember all those times you talked to me about Jesus. And I just want to let you know today that I've rededicated my life to Christ. And I'm a believer. And I love this story because Jesus is still the hero. He's still the hero. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, which means that no matter where you are, no matter what you've been through, Jesus is still willing to save. Jesus still will save. Jesus still can save. You are never too far from him. Jesus saved my mom. And because my mom got saved, my sisters got saved. <laughs> because God is good. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. Two invitations. I'm so sorry. The first one is this. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Ryan, I am not praying. I'm choosing my flesh. Ryan, I am not listening to God. I'm choosing my way, and I'm choosing violence and self-destruction against myself. Maybe you say, Ryan, I'm not really being a Christian outside of these four walls. It's all right. Don't go off into a boat. Don't go get depressed. Remember, Peter had a calling too. He just missed it. But Jesus always restores that which is broken. And so if that's you in here today, nobody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you in here today and you say, Ryan, that's me. I've not been praying. I've not been listening. I've not been sharing my faith. I want to pray with you. If that's you, would you shoot your hand up in here? Bold moves, come on, thank you, thank you. Bold moves, bold moves, bold moves, bold moves. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. The next invitation I'm gonna make. Maybe you heard about Jesus today and you're like, man, I've never heard about Jesus being the superhero. Yeah, you're Lois Lane and he's Superman. You're falling from a 20-story building and you need someone to save you. That person is Jesus Christ. And you can make him the Lord of your life today. If that's you and you say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life for the rest of my life, would you do me a favor on the count of three? Would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you so much for those who said yes, who said God, I haven't been praying enough. God, I haven't been seeking your face enough. God, I haven't been listening to your word. God, I've missed it. And I want to come back to you. Will you save me? God, I pray that you would save them. God, make your mercy and grace new for them every single day. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.